how is your how's the beach house no we should be in st thomas right now but we're at the beach house instead <laughs> and it's okay it's nice and and where is it it's in rockaway beach in oregon Ah, okay nice it's like a 45 minutes from our house so okay far and it's beachfront and it's uh-huh it's nice so it's and nice still to a little this- getaway yeah, it's nice to have the option that we're like, oh, we can't right. go on vacation, but we can go to a nice beachfront house. Yes, and still be like, you know, safe and away from people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are definitely That's- isolated, and it's sunny here, which it's usually raining on the Oregon <laughs> coast. So bonus that it's sunny the whole time we're here. Oh, oh nice. Yay. Except for it is like 45 degrees. And I thought I saw a mermaid yesterday in the ocean. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. And I thought of Tawny. And that's what made me think it was a mermaid. Aww. No, it was just a drunk girl, though. That was <laughs> just a drunk mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> she was legitly just sitting in the ocean with no pants on and had like a fifth of fireball. And she had wow. a sweatshirt. Oh, wow. In the water, so I thought it was a mermaid tail because I can't see very good. And I was like, oh, uh, nope, that was not a mermaid. <laughs> she was just a fifth of fireball. <laughs> yeah, and enjoying the freezing Oregon coast. <laughs> and oh, so I, she's in a hoodie in the water. Like, it's freezing, but hey, I'm swimming. Yeah, yeah you gotta live your life. <laughs> the hoodie was off. She was like in her underwear and a tank top. Oh, my. It was interesting. <laughs> wow. Too cold for me. <laughs> yeah too cold for me I couldn't I can't even do it here and it's like 60s yeah it's freezing here compared to California oh my goodness yeah it's it's similar well no it's probably a little colder here in New Jersey today was like 50 which is like a big deal yeah I'm hoping that we're trending towards warmer weather yes please we're getting we're in like I think the I don't remember I'm bad with numbers but it's warmer here (laughs) than normal that's good. That's a welcome um, surprise, I guess. I mean, it's usually raining and it's not raining. So that's like amazing. All right. Hey, yeah. No rain, sunshine. Doesn't matter what the weather is. If the sun's out, I can, it makes me happier. Exactly. Me too. Even if it's cold, like if there's sun, it just automatically makes it much better. Yep. Yeah. I'm so sensitive to it. Okay, so I'm really excited. So me and Maddie kind of figured, Jesse, if you just wanted to kind of start telling your story and then yeah. if you have some questions. As we go. As like we, we said, go. this is our first one. So we're not really, <laughs> we're not that good at this yet. But okay. yeah, we figured we'd just let you start talking. Okay, I wrote notes because I'm bad at at talking awesome. about it. So I, I wrote some notes so I remember because I... I don't remember the day at all, so I have and my memory was really affected. Uh huh. But that's I such notes. a good practice. That it really is. Oh, I live my my phone is my brain with all my uh-huh. calendar stuff and notes in it, and then I do like a a hard copy of notes, and I do a yeah. journal every day. Oh, that's a good idea to still I have a hard copy. Don't remember stuff, and I have Google Docs that are shared with my husband because I ask <laughs> him the same thing over and over, and he gets annoyed. So I just am like, we'll do a Google <laughs> Doc so you can like mark off when you do something so I don't ask you 30 times. Exactly. That's genius. But that's a really smart practice. We'll talk about 
those later because I have lots of different tips that I use to make. Ah, yes. Perfect. Because that is one of our questions we do because we, I mean, you have no idea how I was like right there, the Google thing. I was like, I have to deal with my husband because he's like, I've said this already to you. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I don't understand how some things stick and then other things I'm like, whoop. Exactly. (laughs) I'm trying to stay married. So I tried to find (laughs) things that work. So I'm not annoying every day. But, All right. Well, shall we get into it? Sure. So it was May 16th of 2018. I had a really, I guess, crappy day at work and I hated my job, I guess. And I wanted, like, I worked in a, a cancer care program and I worked okay. with some nurses and doctors, but some of the nurses that were on the East Coast that I worked with, we had like a video conference. And it was really bad and they were not nice. And I was like, I just want to quit my job. And so I left work actually early that day, I think. But I normally got off at 1 p.m. anyways. But I think I left at like 11 a.m. because I just wanted to quit because she was so. So you were super stressed and like. Yeah, she was like rude to me. She didn't know that the conference call was still on. And she was literally talking bad, like about me having an opinion. Mm. And I and heard it all. And you were working in a cancer care unit? You yeah. Said? So when you talk about reinsurance, I don't know what that is, but I used to know, <laughs> I used to know what that is because we did a lot around that. Ah, okay. okay. So wow. I was really bad mood and I should have went and worked out that day because I had my Orange Theory scheduled. But instead I was like, oh, it's like a Tuesday. So I'm going to just go. To the track and so I went home and loaded up my dirt bikes and got in my truck and I drove to Salem which is like an hour from our house and I met some friends there and I took my extra dirt bike for one of them to ride and we went to Salem Albany motocross track which wasn't like my favorite ever but I went there because I never went there a lot or it wasn't mm-hmm. somewhere I went to often And my husband says that I was texting him and was like not feeling the track at all. And I thought like the, the terrain of it, like stuff was just weird and didn't feel right. And so first I had a bad day left work and instead of going and working out, I went and got on a dangerous machine. And then (laughs) there was like things that were happening, I guess, that I was texting my husband. I just was not feeling it, but I kept Uh writing. And oh, no. at like 4.30 p.m. and or no, wait, I'm sorry, numbers are bad. Like 5.30 p.m. It was pretty late before the track closed. All of a sudden, my friend says the whole track went silent. And when that happens at a motocross track, that's bad. Like they never yeah. close it down and go silent. Like it doesn't go silent. That's just not a good accident. Wait, they closed the track? Yeah, we were all out riding. It was like a practice day and all of a sudden the Uh track got shut down. And when that happens, that means something really bad happened if they shut down the track. Like if somebody crashes, they usually just let you keep riding. You just don't ride Uh close to the person, but they like shut it down. And my friend was there and was like, all of a sudden it went totally quiet. They shut it down and she ran over to see what was going on. And she told me that I was laying there completely covered in blood and tapping my helmet. Oh my God. Which I never wow. knew this happened. So when, when yeah. she told me, I was like, well, that's good to know. So when I wow. crashed, I must have like felt something in my head to where I was tapping my helmet. 
And at that point, I was still obviously breathing and conscious. But then I lost consciousness and they intubated me at the scene and took me to the trauma hospital. So did they take you to a hospital that was that was near where you were? Yeah. Or near your home? No, it was near where I was in Salem. But it just so happens that Salem has a trauma hospital. Oh, thank heaven. So it was, yeah, a, thank goodness. Yeah, trauma hospital, because it was rush hour traffic at that point. So they took me to that hospital. <clears throat> and I, at that point, was intubated and not breathing on my own and not awake and in a coma naturally. And mm-hmm. then luckily, my I have an iPhone, but I worked in an ER for a long time. So I have like all the emergency stuff in my phone. And so they were able to open my phone without me needing to open it. And I had my emergency contact, which was my husband. And so my guy friend called my husband and he answered the phone like, hey, babe. And it was my friend, Zach. And Zach was like, "Mm, this isn't Jesse. She was in an accident and she's going to the hospital. And he was at my son's baseball game. And he had to drive an hour and a half with traffic to the hospital, not knowing anything except for that I was not I was unconscious and not breathing on my own oh my god and so he drove like an hour and a half like that and then got to the hospital and the ER took him to a little room which working in the ER I know is not a good thing luckily he doesn't know these things because they Mm -hmm. just took him into a little room and he found out that I was not conscious and I had a brain injury and I don't know what else I told him at that point, but I wasn't conscious. So he, but I, and what was happening to you at this time? I think they were working on me. I don't know. I, my Glasgow okay. coma score was three, which is the worst you can have. Like it Ooh. starts at a three and it was at a three. And even like a few days later, it was still only at like a seven. So whatever happened to me was bad. Was bad. And then they, I, they said I had the traumatic brain injury and I had a diffuse axonal injury, which is when you have like lesions all over your brain from your brain accelerating so much in your school. And then I had a subarachnoid hemorrhage and a subdural oh hematoma. And when I, when I landed at the track, then somebody ran over my neck and they oh my God. tore my carotid artery wow. too. Oh my God. That's terrible. And you're a lot like just hearing all this. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So that's what gave me like the stroke like symptoms because they tore my carotid artery. So that eventually repaired itself. But I had an anoxic brain injury. So I had no air going to my brain. And then I had all the bleeds and my carotid was torn. And so my whole left side didn't really work. Like, now, did they do a surgery? Did they do a brain surgery on you, or what? No, what I kind of procedure? No surgery. I well, I broke my jaw in multiple places, so I had jaw surgery. <laughs> oh my god! But wow. I guess the day the neurosurgeon was threatening to put the, I forget what it's called, like the tube in your brain to to um to take out release to release like pressure. The dr- yeah, the drain. The, the drain. The shunt, yeah. It's- yeah, the day right. that they threatened to put that in, like I woke up 
from my coma. <laughs> so I was like, I never like, <laughs> I never like being threatened. So I was like, well, that's pretty standard for me. Threaten me and I'm going to do yeah. something. And I woke up. So I never had to have like a shunt or anything. Wow. And I didn't have to have a craniotomy or anything. I just slept yeah. or no surgery. So then how I did the bleeding so- stop? I don't know. So like, I think it, just they they watch it I had I got my medical records and I had like over 50 scans when I was in the first hospital like no joke I had like an MRI almost every day I was like that is a lot of scans because when I read my medical records I can read medical records pretty good because my what I'm used to doing for a living and I was like bawling when I read them because I was like I can't believe I actually lived through this crap like what the hell and I'm Right. I'm fine. Like, if you don't know me, you probably think I'm fine. Like, I can tell by the way I talk is differently and the way I am is different. But really, I'm fine. Like, my left-sided weakness is getting better. Like, I can I can do a push-up now. I couldn't do a push-up before. Wow, that's amazing. So amazing. And so I've been really good at – I'm really good about um, – like when I pick up a glass of water, I pick it up with my right hand because it wasn't affected. Uh-huh. I don't pick it up with my left hand because I'm scared of dropping it. Right. But I still yeah. pick stuff up with my left hand to try to practice, like to get to my, use it. Yeah. To okay. get it back. So like if it's something that I'm scared about breaking or dropping, I won't, but I, I do it to try to get practice. And then like working out helped me a lot too. Cause I, notice like increases in rowing with my and like it started really low and then it got a lot higher after months of constantly using myself like using my I don't know the word I'm looking for using it lose it don't or use it don't lose it yeah Yeah, that type thing so would you say that primarily how you were affected from this was the paralysis um it's still numb and it's still not all there but it's not like horrible I don't know how to explain it it's it's get gotten a lot better in the hospital you're seeing improvement in it yeah it's just kind of like I just don't trust it I feel I feel that I'm in a similar similar position I I don't trust using my left hand for like things that I that could drop and like break yeah but I tried to use it but I was in the first hospital for three and a half weeks and my first memory I have is when I got transferred to the inpatient rehab I like have a memory from being a medical transport and then I went to inpatient rehab for three and a half weeks too with other people with brain injuries Mm -hmm. and strokes and I was there for three and a half weeks and I remember being there but not very much but I remember little bits of it And then I got sent home in July with rehab without walls and they do therapy at your house and with 24 hours supervision. So my mom had to be with me at all times and I couldn't shower alone. Like I still had to have complete supervision. And then in September I was able to start going to outpatient rehab. And then, and so how long, how long were you in, how long were you doing outpatient? So I started doing outpatient rehab in September and then I think then I don't know if I was allowed to ride the bus yet. I had to be signed off to be able to ride public (laughs) transpo, but 
I was at Providence out or outpatient rehab. And then I found out in December, there was like a special brain Institute here in Portland. And so Oh, wow. They got me con- Convenient. connected to them and I started them on December 31st and I went there four days a week until my insurance cut me off after going for a month <laughs> and so then we paid out of pocket to be able to keep going and then I found alternatives like school a, a school of speech therapists to continue uh-huh. to get therapy for a cheaper rate and so you were going to speech therapy as well as physical and occupational? Yeah, it was PTOT and speech and then a psychiatrist. And then I went to like a group life skills class too. Okay. That's awesome. Do like you say cognitive how- functions and just like it was a group of all people that had brain injuries. So you could relate like. Oh, right. The- I had to go to one of those too. It was nice. And that's when I realized like how many things I had in common with people that had strokes. And mm-hmm. then I read a book too. I forget what it is called, but it was a great book. And it was about a girl that had an aneurysm from Seattle, Maria Ross. And I read her book. And when I read her huh. book, I was like, I feel like I'm reading about myself. And it's because I forget that I had all these bleeds and that this girl that had an aneurysm had the same bleeds and had a lot of the same like struggles that I had. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I just think, oh, I just had a TBI, no big deal. Mm-hmm. No, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think of it like, oh no, you had brain bleeds, you had all these other things. Like, it wasn't just a traumatic brain injury. Like, I had pneumonia well, twice when I was in the hospital, I had shingles, I was on a respirator. I I wasn't good, which is part of the reason why I'm not in St. Thomas right now, because my friend, my best friend is a neuropsychologist that works in the TBI field. And she saw Ah. my blog post and she texts me and she's like, I'm sorry, I love you, but you should not go. And she's like, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but you should not go. Mm -hmm. And me being me, I couldn't just like, I appreciated her feedback. I took it to heart, but I can't just be like, okay, I can't go. So then I emailed my doctor, my physiatrist who follows me. And I asked her opinion. And she as well was like, no, you should not go. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) and she's like a travel person and has like, let me travel a lot. So for her to say no, I was like, you never tell me no. (laughs) But as she said, she's like, if you get to St. Thomas and have the COVID and you have a respiratory problem, like, they don't have the infrastructure and hospitals like we do if you need it. And That's she's like, so, so you're at risk because you had all these respiratory issues. And I don't, I don't remember that either. I'm like, oh, I just had a TBI and diffuse axonal. I don't remember that I couldn't breathe on my own less than two years ago. And that I had pneumonia yeah. twice and all those things. I forget about all that. <laughs> really stuff you have to take into consideration I'm really glad that you have two friends you know in the medical yeah in the field yeah I got really lucky because my best friend has been a neuropsychologist so she's a doctor and has been in TBI since she became a doctor and like I never I guess I never understood it because even though I was in the medical field and am a health educator it wasn't like stroke patients were more what I was used to. I wasn't used to TBI patients. 
so and I just didn't have like the the thought or like information about it until I got one right I don't think anyone does and what's I find probably and you do the hardest part is like when I say aneurysm like everyone's heard the word but it's just so big and not known like I feel like they're a little bit more understanding when I'm like I had a hemorrhagic stroke I'm like my brain I was like and I was bleeding for a whole week I'm like so I know I look good and I'm doing amazing but it's not all like no it's it's crazy like and I worked in an ER and like we saw stroke patients all the time and like just things that I and I worked with stroke patients all the time but my I still didn't have the knowledge I do now after going through it and really like seeing what happens to somebody because I get it now I'm dealing with it you know well, I'm just extra thankful, and that's why we were really excited to have you as the first interview, because, like, I'm learning so much just from hearing you talk, because you have that medical background, because I know that, like, a lot went over my head. I'm really grateful that I had doctors who, like, you know, he would dumb yeah. it down for me and try to, like, ex- like, the funniest thing he ever said to me, like, I'm mind boggled that you didn't have to have any brain surgery. Like, that's amazing um but it makes sense now that I'm like they were just waiting and seeing like it still doesn't make sense to me that I'm like my I have had brain surgery but like when he's like your brain is so sensitive he's like every time we go in there he's like there's because I at one point had so much built up spinal cord fluid and every month was getting scanned I begged them to put the shunt in I was like I cannot take this Mm. pain anymore I can't wake up and feel like this anymore And he's like, we could drain it and then it could fill back up and even more. He's like, your brain is too sensitive. He's like, it's not getting worse. So we're just going to watch it. And so when you kind of explained, I was like, yeah, the watch and wait thing is weird. And like, I never had to follow up with my neurologist. So that's been very weird to me. I'm like, okay. So no more scant, like you are just clear to go about. (laughs) I don't know. So like, since I left the hospital, I've never had a scan or a neurologist. I'm just seen by my physiatrist, which is like the physical medicine rehab doctor from rehab. And she's amazing, but it's weird to me. I'm like, why don't I need scans? Why don't I need like, it's weird to me because I'm like, what? Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just feel like I should have a bunch more, but then I just know that it's, I already had a ton of them. They probably don't want to give me any more and I don't have a reason to, I guess. So I'm like, yeah. Right, and if you yeah. don't have a need, yeah, that's a that's a really. But good it's thing. just weird to me that I had yeah. all those bleeds, and then it's like, nope, just go home. You're fine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, then now all of a sudden. So, like, do you? Can I like ask? Did they give you any restrictions on anything? I mean, besides, like, obviously, it's like a health reason, but like, I mean, I asked my doctor, you know, like, am I cleared to do scuba diving? Like, can I do that? Like, you know, I I'm trying to find the email real quick. So. Which my assumption is yes, because if you're not having even any more scans, they're like, you're good to go. You're probably cleared for everything. Yeah, but she yeah, tells me like different things. So I, on my one year anniversary of my TBI, I was going to go to Europe <laughs> not for like a whole mm. backpacking for like a month. No problem. Right. Oh, that sounds And I awful. had plane tickets oh. and everything. And I asked my doctor and my doctor was like kind of sketchy about it. But she's like, if you think you can do it, she's like, we'll check in in a couple months and decide. And I was like, okay, so I booked it all. I planned it all out. And when I say planned it all out, it was like a plan, like three plans a day. 
in case plan A don't work, then what's the plan B? And then what's the plan C? What's the plan D? And it took me a couple months to finally make the decision. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not okay to go to Europe. Like, what the hell am I thinking? Like, no way. What was it? What was it that made you realize that you weren't ready to go? I, I don't know. I think I just realized it over time. But I mean, I get lost on public transport sometimes in America. So like, it just mm. lots of things made me yeah. realize it. But I'm very much the type of person that's like, don't tell me what to do. And I appreciate my doctor, mm-hmm. my husband, my friends not telling me what to do. And they let me figure it out for myself, even if they don't agree with me they let me figure it out. And then usually I'm, I, I realize it's not a good idea. Have but it, do you feel like that also was like key kind of to your recovery? Cause I kind of feel like there were a lot of, they're like, why, why are you doing this, Tawny? And I'm like, yeah. cause I want to like, I have to do this. Oh, I think it's it. totally key. I don't have anybody bossing me around. Like everybody's letting me figure it out for myself. Yeah. And like, that's important. I think you need to figure it out for yourself most times yeah they're not not. making because like people can tell you all you want but they're yeah you know ultimately until you make and they're not taking away my independence because that's another hard part about having a brain injury like I lost my I -hmm. lost my ability to work I lost my job actually and then I there's no way I could work full-time which I spent a lot of years in college to get my degree I can't use it you know I lost a lot I lost friends I lost my ability to ride my dirt bikes I just lost so much and I'm glad that people weren't telling me more stuff I can't do because it would have made me mad like I've never been mad because I'm like nobody tells me no they just sometimes tell me this is not a good idea like my friend texting me on Monday being like Jesse I'm really concerned about you going and do not think this is a good idea so then that made me check with my doctor and I'm like okay two educated no's I'm gonna listen but when my mom's watching the news yeah. and telling me, no, I'm not going to listen. I'm sorry. And her husband <laughs> picking up my son every day and my son's school had a confirmed case of coronavirus and my dad is immunocompromised. So I'm like, it's really hard to listen to you when you're picking up my son at school and you're immunocompromised and like, you're not giving me any valid facts. You're just telling me no. I don't do well with that. Yeah. I don't think I did well with that before my brain yeah. injury, but something to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. And I think like I do the same thing. It's like, if, and I feel like probably we all kind of do because I know Maddie's like, exactly. oh, watch me do this. Like, yeah, I want to do it. Prove me wrong. Like, show yeah. people that yeah. I can. Oh, I'm the yeah, same way. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Exactly. Like that's why we're all like survivors and have done so well because you're like, no, like you can tell me that that's not going to happen. Like I got told a lot of no's for things and it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm especially when you have your life still like I shouldn't have my life and I shouldn't yeah. be like I am. So I'm going to live it freaking up. Because <laughs> oh, exactly. I, I had like How, a 10% because with the diffuse axonal, you have a 10% chance that you'll ever even wake up out of the coma. And then if you wake up, it's most mm-hmm. likely you'll be in a vegetative state. So, so the fact you're like I'm talking fine. and walking right now and like, sharing. so I'm like, well, screw your 10%. Like I'm going to show you, like I can work mm. out, I can do all these things. I have a hard time of realizing I can't do all that I want. 
and I overdo it and I'm wiped out because of it because I don't pace well, which I learn in therapy a lot of pacing, but I have to learn the hard way. So I have now learned and I'm not going to schedule so much stuff for myself because it, I have been wiped out for like two weeks because I worked three days, one week and it has kicked my butt, which is sad. I'm like three, four hour shifts and I am wiped out. And but I think regaging, like Maddie's helped me a lot with that, like with the whole spoon theory, because I uh, feel like that's the hardest part for me because, you know, I am back to working and like some days, like, like this weekend I did work both of my jobs. And I'm like the fact that like, I have the capacity to do that. Now, did I drink so much coffee? And by Sunday, <laughs> when you talk to me, like on Monday, my husband was like, are you on like Valium or something? What is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm just so, I'm like, I'm so exhausted. Like, yeah. You start so slurring exhausted. your words. You start like, becoming drunk. Uh-huh. That's what I call it at least. Yep. And oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, it is. And that's why I tell people, I go the biggest like example I can give you, I go, it's like when you're the drunkest ever and you're like trying to just like pour yourself a glass of water and yeah. it's just hot mess express. And that's yeah, what it's I- like sometimes. It I is. don't drink at all. And when I start to, I, as the day goes on, like I am like, I'm drunk. And my friends are even like, Oh, Jesse's drunk because I start slurring my words. My speech doesn't make sense. I'm confused. Yeah. I'm all over the place. My mom always jokes with me and will say like, call me drunk or whatever, because in my daily life, yeah. it's like walking around, like, it's not like my walking is that good. So it like kind of could come across as I was drunk and, when I was traveling a couple months ago, I had, I was like trying to get into a restaurant to meet my friend and my siblings and the bouncer like wouldn't let me in. He was like, are you like, we don't want drunk people inside. And I was like, I am literally fine. I've had nothing to drink. I just yeah. don't walk that well. You're like, it's so funny. Yeah, it's you're like, like you're like, drunk all the stroke. time. I'm not drunk. I wish yeah. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not drunk. It's I horrible. <laughs> I hate it because I choose to not drink. And so, and before my accident, I was sober. And so now having to feel like I'm drunk all the time uh-huh. is like annoying. Not right. No, yeah. I, it's like an added thing. Yeah. Cause I know what I used to say that, like, especially right after, because I had the eye patch cause like my eye was crossed in. So I was like, I just can't wait to not feel like a drunk pirate. Arr, I'm like, I'm on a chip. A drunk every- pirate. And I was like, because it was like the walls like rocking everything. I was like, I'm a drunk pirate on a pirate ship and it won't stop. And I just want to feel better. And I think it is wild because I guess I have had some people like, especially in survivor groups, because I just feel like I share and I'm open and, you know, I don't judge anyone. I'm like, but Mm. I'm like, I do drink and I have had people yell at me like, and I'm like, I know I was even in that headspace. Like, I can't wait to feel sober and to not feel bad. But I'm like more I go it's turned into where like if I have a stressful day and I find like I also don't sleep. So I'm like if I have a little bit of red wine, I will sleep through the night. And it's been really weird to me that people are like, okay, they're like, just take sleeping pills. I'm like, so you want me to take Ambien? But if I tell you red wine, yeah. And I know people that take Ambien and then are walking around naked in their neighborhood. Yeah, like, like seriously, yeah. it's crazy. I, I'm not against drinking, like, to each their own. It's just I quit drinking before my accident because I got a DUI. 
at driving while drunk. And what's funny is I'm like, I actually mm-hmm. got released from the hospital and they did not take my license. And I was upset about it. I'm like, how did you give me a license? And when I got home, I couldn't remember each day. So it was like 50 first dates. I would wake up every day was a new day. Like no joke for seven <laughs> months or so. I woke up every day was a new day. I was like, lucky you husband. Every day is a new day. But so I gave up my license on my 39th birthday because I was so mad about it. I'm like, take my license. I want to get it the right way because if I got in an accident and they find out I have a brain injury, they're going to sue me. Like, just take my yeah. take my license because I feel drunk every day, even though I drink and drove. Like, how stupid, wow. you know? But drink, like, people that get TBIs, a lot of times are from drunk drivers. And now that I have a TBI I'm like how the hell did I do that like it was kind of just like a big wake up call of like no like I don't want to hurt somebody I don't want to run somebody over because I don't feel right so I just gave up my license I know me me for going back to driving I mean like my physical therapist like cleared me it was only because like my eye really and but I mean I know I was still really nervous like I even though she was like I had to clear you you passed all the tests I'm like are you sure I'm okay up there to like get behind a wheel because I really you know my depth is my depth off like I'm worried so I think it's smart yeah and I get road rage being a passenger (laughs) so like when my husband's (laughs) driving I get road rage and I'm like could you imagine if I was driving I would probably run people over because I'd be so mad and I can't help it I just get like furious because I can't stand the drivers of the world now because people drive like crap and I'm so scared of like us getting hit and then getting another brain injury. No, Can I gave up my now, license. Jesse? Okay, so nothing. So how do you like if you want to get places? I take public transportation. So I take the bus or we have a train called the Max. Like and I do oh, it a that's, lot, that's but nice. it's part of the reason, like, when I got my DUI, which was over three years, like, it was a year before my TBI, I worked for an insurance company, and I didn't want them to know that I got the DUI, and I had a free bus pass, so I started riding the bus in Max to Portland, a half hour or an hour away on the Max, and then going to see patients at their home in the hospital, all on the bus in Max, and I never told them because I didn't want them to know so luckily that stayed with me and I still know how to um use the public transpo system that was that was going to be my next question was how is it for you post TBI navigating oh it's interesting so I remember it to the most part like I can really plan (laughs) out where I'm going and that that part's easy but like I learned the hard way one day on the way to work, I wanted to go get a coffee. So I got off and walked to get a coffee and then like just tried to use my maps to see how I get back to work or whatever. And I realized that I have to pre-plan everything. I can't do anything on the fly. It doesn't work for me. So I have to pre-plan everything. So on my way to work, I have my plan for work and then I have a plan for if I decide I want to get off and go get coffee like the multiple routes because I get confused and lost. I ended up on the wrong bus. I had to take an Uber because I ended up across Portland. So I I can't do anything like on the fly anymore. 
Gotcha. And like, because uh, I'm I'm similar in a lot of those respects. Like I have to plan out a lot of my activities or like plan out my day. How do you, is that what you're saying about like writing everything down and using your phone or like how do you manage all the things that you, so all the planned all activities you want to do? it's all in my calendar and my phone and then I have like a hard copy calendar that is, it mirrors what's on, in my phone and I plan out, it's only a, it's a 90 day planner so but I only plan for a week at a time but I have other appointments too but every Sunday okay. I make sure my phone and my planner match and that all my routes are planned out for the week and I know how I'm getting there and I know what I'm doing so that I'm not I'm not surprised I, I can't be spontaneous anymore but sadly it doesn't work yeah I feel that and actually like a lot of a lot of other survivors that I've talked to it seems to be a common issue like this is also an issue for me about I'm not as spontaneous anymore and I have to plan out a lot of my activities and I've been talking to a lot of other survivors who have the same thing so I was wondering if you have any like advice or like tips in terms of like I, planning I think I'm lucky that and organizing. I, guess I, w- I, I say I guess because I don't remember how I was but I was super organized before my injury because I I was trying to write a blog post mm-hmm. about my Thailand trip and I don't remember my Thailand trip, but I found all these emails and I found all these things in my calendar. And then by pictures, I'm able to figure out basically the whole trip, not in detail, but like uh, parts of it or whatever. Cause I was always really good at using my calendars and I always had a planner, a real planner. And then I had my phone calendar and I always invite like my husband to things. Or even my ex-husband, who's the son of my dad. Like, I'll invite him to things on my calendar so that everybody knows about it. And then we... Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I use I would, my calendar it's all my the brain. time. Like, my yeah, phone everything. is my brain. <laughs> but then in case I lose my phone, I have a paper version as well. And and then we use well, the Google Docs a lot yeah. cuz you can share Google Docs so we'll do that with like checklists so that I'm not asking my husband the same thing every day. Right. And that just I think that's just such a great practice because like it yeah. helps you work on your memory. Yeah, too, like my you know? Thailand trip that I'm trying to write a blog post for cuz I don't remember it in detail but I'm able to like write down all the dates and what I did and it's helping me like bring back memories that I don't remember, which is nice. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, this that's helps. Super smart. I know I took pictures, but having a hard copy that's really smart, and like every Sunday doing that and inviting your husband, because like I have calendar stuff, but I'm like, why don't I just I should like when I plan a trip, it should involve like they should just invite him. Yep, I'm I annoy my husband with all my calendar invites, but it it's what works for me, and so it has <laughs> to happen, and then. In my weekly calendar that I do every day, I also have like an area where I can journal about my day as well so that I can look back and remember what I did last month or last year even. Like it doesn't have to be long and in-depth, but I'm just like write highlights of the day and things I want to remember because I right. my memory sucks now. <laughs> like I, that's great. Yes. I do the journaling too. I find it to be so helpful. Like I want to look back, oh, yeah. what was I doing this time last year? Or what was I doing exactly. this time last it's week? It's super helpful. And then I do like gratitude every day, which I, 
Mm-hmm. That was totally going to be my next question. I was like, which I, that, guess yeah. I think I did before my accident. So what's funny is I don't remember before my accident, but mm-hmm. we, we moved recently because we sold our house and we bought another one to make life affordable since we lost my income. And when we moved, I found all these journals and things. And I was practicing gratitude since I got my DUI because it was such a bad time in my life. And I was so like down about it, down about myself. And so I started practicing gratitude every day so that I wouldn't be so angry about my mistake. It was like, what am I thankful for? Yes, this sucked. It happened. We're taking care of it. But what am I thankful for? And so... Do you remember, do you remember much of your life from before the accident or how is, how would you no, say it's memory weird. I lost, I guess, a lot of short-term memory, like especially the last year before my accident, which sucks because that's when I got married. So I don't really remember, but we huh. luckily had a wedding video and I've watched that and I'm like, oh, that helps me bring back things. And then pictures, oh, I live on pictures and I have tons of them and before like the the before the year like my mind's jumbled I guess and all mixed up so like I'm divorced I was married before for a long time from to my son's dad and I guess when I woke up I knew my husband was my husband Mm -hmm. but I was confused about where I lived and I was confused about things like I thought we had a boat still I thought I lived in a Ranko like all things that were in my past life. So I was just very, and I still am very confused about it. It's all mixed up. If that makes sense. No, it does. I tell people, I go, it's like a fun game of clue. I'm like, some stuff is perfect and crystal clear. And then other exactly. things, I'm like, I don't know, like who that person was that you're talking about. Cause I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's great that you do like have a lot of pictures and videos and that you journal because it really yeah, does Yeah, I have a lot of pictures remember. in my phone, and it's totally helped. I'm like, can look at all my wedding pictures, Thailand, all these other things that I did, and like, it helps me remember parts of my life. And then other people will just help solidify what, what it is. So. Uh-huh. And this was just, how, when, how old were you? My, my TBI? I it was in 2018, yeah. so I, it, it was three days after my son's 13th birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> um, and I yeah. was 28 when it happened, and then oh. I, or maybe, I'm not, numbers are bad. I think I was 28 or 27. I think I was 27. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I was... No, that's okay. Numbers are really hard for me too. I just was wondering because you're only so like two years out, so your memory could still. Oh yeah, keep it will it, still improve. Exactly. Definitely. That's what I'm saying. I'm like just from year two to year three. It'll like, only be two years in May, so it hasn't even been two years yet. And they told oh my, my parents, yeah, which no. I've never. Um, I don't know. I need to ask my friend. They said it's like five years. It's like till you're really where you might be at. That's what I heard in the community was five, 10 years. They were like, even eight years out, someone was like, my year eight versus year five was different. So they're like, don't judge yourself. Like, I mean, it's your Exactly. Brain. I mean, and it's a lifelong process. Like, this isn't something that's, we've talked about this a lot, that it's, it's not going to get fixed in like a couple months or even like a year or two. Like, we're always oh, yeah. going to be working it's, on this I don't, to some extent. I don't notice it with myself either. Like, I can't tell you 
how I am different compared to how I was a month ago. Like, and my husband can a little bit, but basically, unless you spend like a whole day with me, you probably think I'm fine. But if you spend a whole day with me, you'll see me slowly fall apart <laughs> as I get tired and like I, I just get jumbled. Yeah. How do you, so how do you manage like the fatigue? When I haven't that happens? figured out how to manage fatigue. Fatigue is my nightmare. So I sleep, not to brag, I sleep better than I ever have. I go to bed at like nine at <laughs> night and I don't wake up till seven thirty in the morning. Like not even to go to the bathroom. Okay. But nice. And I use, I recently started to, I haven't today, but, um, because I, I'm very like, I hate taking naps and cause when I take a nap, I don't feel like I took a nap. Like, so I, I hate taking them cause yeah. I never feel rested after I take a nap. I never feel rested at all. I'm not trying to laugh. I'm not laughing. I feel that's exactly what I say to my, husband. I don't really, and I take them now either. just cause I do fall apart. And so I'm like, I'll just go to bed cause I get so mad, but my sleep is a big issue and I had mm-hmm. recently the sleep apnea test because I'm like, I better check if I have that because it's common after a brain injury. So I'm like, just rule. I want to rule everything out. So I had like my thyroid tested right. and a bunch of labs. I had my sleep study. Everything so far has come back fine. So I'm just freaking tired. Like I'm just exhausted all Which... the time. It's I mean, horrible, it's understandable. Like, why am I so tired? Because <laughs> your brain does so much and we're working extra. I just always loved the battery analogy because that helped me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm like, you know, when you thought you plugged your phone in at night and you didn't yeah. and then you have to run your day on like no battery. I'm like, that's exactly. what my life is like all the time. But that's also why I don't take the naps because I'm like, I still wake up and feel tired. But I will say lately, like. I call them sometimes like my eyes won't even I will just make myself close my eyes. I put an eye patch on because I know I'll look at stuff and do end up doing something. And I listen to like brainwave stuff for like 20 minutes. And I have noticed that it has helped me like later in the day. Not like, yeah, me me too. I've started to take a nap. Yeah, I'm like, it helps me not unravel. Like you're saying, otherwise I get super flustered and I just I ramp up all day and then I fall apart. So, right. I even noticed like, cause I'm, I'm the same way as you, Jesse, like I can't take naps and I would rather just live out my day fully and then be like really tired at the end and then I'll be able to sleep better. But I found like sometimes if I absolutely need to just light, like just closing my eyes for like a couple minutes, like you're still yeah. resting, even if you're not sleeping. And I find that yeah, I, my nap the other day bit. was like maybe 10 minutes. My husband's like, you were asleep for like 10 minutes. I'm like, well, I thought I felt I thought <laughs> I fell asleep and I feel better. So whatever. Like it was just getting rid of like all. Yeah, exactly. Everything like all the stuff that's coming in through your eyes and all that jazz. Yeah. Right. Taking a step back from all the stimulation and exactly. the light. Because you're constantly everything. getting stimulus. And I forget that, like, anything you look at, you're getting stimulation through your eyes, through your ears, like, just everything. And your brain's like, ah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sensory Holy overload. 
Um, but I actually had a question because this is something that I've just now started hearing that sleep apnea is quite common after a brain aneurysm. Can you explain why? No, maybe. Or it's just, I don't remember why that. I just read it. And a lot of things that it's common after any kind of brain injury that you're, you get sleep apnea, okay. that you can have sleep apnea. And so I forget where I saw it, but I've seen it on a few like medical credible sites and was like, well, I'll just get tested because my dad has it. So I was like, well, I'll just get tested to make sure Mm -hmm. I don't have it because it means essentially you stop breathing in the middle of the night. And so I'm like, well, I'll just get tested and rule it out because that's how I am. I've been big. Rule everything out and then kind of thing. That's really smart. I know. And now I'm like, yeah. 20, you should have been getting that all done because now you can't get it done because all- exactly. You now can't it's get not really the time. Test. Uh, oh yeah. Well, right now with everything that's, that's going on, they're only doing like high priority things. And I, it's just something that I, I mean, I've literally been putting off now for three years. I got tested before I had my aneurysm and I tested positive, like I was right under the critical oh, wow. of amount of times I stopped breathing in the night. Like he was like, and then I had the brain aneurysm and like, they were like, let's just deal with this. And so my, you know, apnea just got pushed off. And then, you know, they were like, now it's been too long. You have to go get retested and then you'll test positive and then they'll fit you for the mask. And I just kept canceling it because I kept like, I just kept having anxiety about it. Yeah. And like, I didn't like, you know, you just feel really like you're back in the hospital. And I was like, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back. You can do it at home now. They do at home tests. do it. And so I would cancel it. I'm going to have to ask. We'll have to talk about that because people have said that. And I tried and they were like, no. Sorry. So I don't know if I just, my insurance. It's cut out a little bit, but they do at home tests now. That's what I did. And it's. Okay, awesome. Micah, I don't know. My friend has sleep apnea, and he was he went in and got it checked out after our wedding because my friend who's the doctor was like, dude, you have sleep apnea. You need to go get tested. And he went and got tested, and he has sleep apnea. And he, like, won't go anywhere without his CPAP now because it totally changed his life. Everyone does wow. that. They're like, you're not really sleeping. She's like, you're literally just. It's hard when you have so much stuff going on. It's like, add some more. (laughs) That's really smart. Okay. What was. I was just trying to. The time. Because it's weird. The recordings. It says 5129. It only does like an hour. Maybe. Yeah. Then I guess um, maybe to wrap up, if you have any. Any last words you'd like to say or pieces of advice potentially for I, other brain injury survivors? I'm so sorry. I'm going to move inside my I think that just my advice is that yes. you have to advocate for yourself. Like nobody's going to do it for you. And it's very hard for me because I was an advocate before my injury. So I right. was assigned by Oregon Medicaid to go meet people in the hospital that used Medicaid too much and try to find out what's wrong with you? How can I figure out that you can get Mm -hmm. the right care and stop going to the ER so many times? And so with mine and my insurance cutting me off, I've been able to appeal my insurance. I have found 
other resources like schools of speech and language pathology or PT or OT and get free therapy through those. Um, I've done a lot of different random things. Like I still like, I miss like my adventure life. So I'm like, what can I do? And so like, I went to a week, week of rehab in California or not in California in Bend, Oregon, that is called Destination Rehab, and it's for stroke, Parkinson's, MS, TBI, and it's two physical therapists that do a week of therapy in the real world. So it got me confident in realizing I could go paddleboard, and I could swim, and I could do this or that. What um what are your next goals um, I think in terms just, of your recovery? Like I need to what go are you back working to learning how now? to pace? Um, I want to continue working. I got a job and it was the hardest thing ever to do, but I found it took me like wow, took me three hours to yeah, congratulate hard. And it's an entry level job. So after having all this education and to go back to an entry level job that is more entry level then my first job in healthcare 14 years ago was a little, it's humbling, but I did it and I'm doing it. Um, like, I guess just like, that's awesome. Being able to like realize you're not alone, find others, ask for help to advocate mm-hmm. for yourself and to not, I don't use the word. I can't, I don't believe in the word. I can't, I can do anything I want to do. I can do whatever I want. Neither but do I. That doesn't mean I do everything. Like I can ride a dirt bike. Do I ride a dirt bike? No, I never will again. But I can do it. And I could mm-hmm. my doctor never told me I could work. And I I don't believe in my doctor can tell me I can't work. How do I know unless I try? Exactly. So that's wow, like I love your a mindset. big part is there is no can't in my I'm life. Sure. I'll do anything I want to do. There's some things I choose not to do, but I can do whatever. It's just things are a little harder now. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Yeah, like and I'm and that's lucky how you and I got and lucky after so getting hurt and my doctors contributed it contributed it it to my husband because I was super healthy and I was active and I worked out all the time and I ate well and I didn't drink and I did all these things that made my recovery so much easier. And I still do. I don't do things to like impede my recovery. I read a lot. I'll do puzzles. I'll listen to podcasts. I don't sit and watch TV all day. And I just do anything that is good for me, I guess. (laughs) And I do something every day at That's home because I don't, I'm home most good. days and I don't contribute like I used to. So I try to do one thing a day for my husband so that he doesn't wow. feel like he's doing everything. It may well, only be you the are amazing, Jesse. I may only do the you dishes. You are truly amazing. I, know. I did I the dishes because like, wow. we were newlyweds when this happened. So we've been married for 10 months and then I tried to die on him and put him through hell and he sold. <laughs> everything that we owned for me and like he's dealt with this amazing so I try to not be too much of a burden on him with it all I think you've been you've an amazing attitude I'm really really happy that you're our first podcast interview yeah 
Yeah. No, I'm so thankful. And I feel like it's I gonna learn so much, so I much from you. Like I feel like you have so one life people. and if it almost gets taken from you, then you have another life. But I don't take anything for granted, like at all. I Amazing. Shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. So I'm trying to make the best of it. And sadly, people walked out of our life, but that's on them, not on us. So whatever. Exactly. That's on them. Yep. And I bet you have a lot more people in your life now because, and like the friendships, like you said, how you've met other survivors. I know. Yeah, me too. I say the same thing. I wish that. And it made me reprioritize my true friends. Like all my girls that were at my wedding, they've been my friends for years, but I wasn't probably there all the time because I always was out riding my dirt bike or doing something and not really focusing my attention on where I should have been. And that happens in life and friendships. But now I'm like, no, they're my good friends. They were there for it all. They still are. So I'm, I'm more careful about who I spend my time with and how I spend it. Yeah. The support network is so important. And it sounds like you have a good, good group really of people cool. helping you out. Yeah. And I just realized that, like, it's okay to, like, because we're in different parts of our lives. Like, we're all kind of the mm-hmm. same age. But a lot of them have really little babies and my kid's almost 15. So it's like just different lifestyles, but they're my real good friends. And like, I just appreciate it way more than I probably did before, sadly. I mean, I appreciated them, but now I really do. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. this has been a great conversation i'm so so happy that we're getting to talk to you okay and you can put my instagram and even my blog contact or my phone number or whatever or email and people can of course reach out to me if they ever have questions about anything like navigating insurance stuff like that like i remember that luckily and i'm good at it and that's what i do for a living so i have a lot of resources actually wait a minute could you text us like the information that you would like to be included, like in the comments for yeah. this podcast? Yeah. Like your email or your Instagram, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with yes. sharing. So yeah, we can put that on it. I've had lots yeah, of people blog. that I've connected with through Instagram that live in different states that have TBIs or had sons with TBIs or have had strokes and been able to connect with them, meet them in person and like mm-hmm. help them like navigate the freaking healthcare system. Cause it's hard. That's amazing. And I don't need to live in your state to figure it out. I know how to figure out credible stuff because of my education. So I'm like, all right, I still, I still can do stuff. I can work. I just yeah. don't work for money anymore. <laughs> Well, barter system. I'm like, I'm going to need your I just found my passion in a weird roundabout way. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. I'm so thankful for having me. Enjoy your your time at the beach house. Thanks. We will. We're (laughs) self-quarantined. It's not a bad place to be self-quarantined. No, could be worse. (laughs) Good. Could be much worse. It was nice talking to you, too. Yeah. Beach was nice. All right. Thank you, Jesse. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good day. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you again. I just, you too.